established you girls have been in just a week. We got a name, we got a theme song. Yeah, watch this space, okay? <laughs> watch out. It's Moth and Siobhan, she, they, just like me for real, because we both go by she, they, and as we have discussed with each other in the off-mic hours, we are, dare I say, almost sickeningly similar in our lives. <laughs> it's true. Our upbringing, our relationships, uh, everything that's brought us to the dance. Trans people can listen to this pod and kind of have that she-they-just-like-me-for-real moment of hearing us and talking about what we're talking about and just being like, oh, my God, I've, I've been there, or I'm going through that. Or the pod could also be uh, like what we talked about in the first episode, that kind of thing that people listen to and maybe crack some eggs along the way. That'd be nice. I want to crack some eggs. Uh, I want to do it. I'm not ready for it yet. I've not been transitioning long enough, I think, but I, that, that's a goal of mine. I want to crack an egg. <laughs> If our pod or our Twitters crack your egg, please let us know. That would be please. a milestone. I need to check it off my list. It's very important. <laughs> I've had some people say that my pictures with like makeup and stuff have like made them want to like get more experimental, but I think that's as far as I've got. Yeah. Um I, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea what, what kind of reach I have at this point. I've, I've just started, but um, I could I could absolutely see that with um, with your photos because like you're you're a really beautiful moth. Not not to you Stop. know. <laughs> <laughs> but so are you. You're you're absolutely gorgeous, Siobhan. I can't say that enough. Thank you so much. <laughs> and as for what you heard in the intro, that is the theme, especially made for your girls by Stella Dolce on TikTok. Stella is amazingly talented, very funny. Stella is currently running a commission drive, so if you would like Stella to record a song for you specifically for, like she gives examples, a D&D campaign, a podcast you might be starting, something along those lines, if you just want an original piece of music by Stella and you like her music, uh, hit her up. In the TikTok DMs, she is extremely accommodating, very friendly, very willing to talk with you through what you want and get it exactly the way you want it. This week, uh, we got a couple things we wanted to talk about. We're talking about uh, Everything You Want by Happy Birthday, Mr. Baskets. And this was a Siobhan suggestion, which you had me listen to this album a while before we even discussed making a pod, so... I did, yeah. I haven't seen you this excited <laughs> to talk about anything yet, so I'm very excited <laughs> to uh, to hear your thoughts on it. Uh, how was your week since the last time we recorded? Oh, gosh. Uh, so I have started a new job. I am working as a field archaeologist these days, so, um, I mean, just today I was out in the field. Um, I just got back. I am covered in grime, but I'm, I'm here I'm recording the pod, you know, we're doing it. Uh, but it's, it's been really good, honestly. Like, it's been nice to, uh, to get back into the field and, you know, dig some holes and look for some cool stuff. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really vibing. How have you been? I've been fine. Big piece of news, I guess, is that my parents know I'm trans now. So, woo! 
<laughs> Huge W. <laughs> That's out in the open. Um, and it went amazingly well. I couldn't have asked for a better experience with that. I was super stressed and worried, but it was one of those kind of uh, bite the bullet moments for me of just um, Hell yeah. getting it out there, not having to worry about it, just living for myself, you know, and yeah, it, it went really well. I've had discussions with them about it since then, just kind of clarifying things and talking about other things and... Um, like I had tweeted about earlier today, as far as a possible future topic on the uh, on the show, uh, me and my dad for years have been uh, bonding through music and sharing music with each other. And since he is pretty much a strictly rock guy, I can't really be like, hey, check out 10,000 Gex, because I don't think he's going to vibe <laughs> with that. <laughs> but, yeah, it's a little esoteric. A little bit, a little out of his wheelhouse. I was just kind of thinking, and the first band that came to mind of something that I think uh, he would vibe with would be uh, Against Me. Having just come out to him and him kind of being very new to the whole thing. And, like, I know he's seen some, like, reality show stuff about trans people, but I don't really know how much thought he's really put into it. I was like, you know what? It's a real bummer of an album, but I think uh, it'll help shed a little bit of light on the whole thing and kind of some of the frustrations that go into the whole thing. That's super cool. And also, it's like interesting that we're talking about this today because I think it turned 10 like today, the day that we're recording. It's either today yeah. or this weekend. Yeah, that's crazy. I was just thinking about that, actually. I think Mel Stone uh, tweeted today, another mm -hmm. uh, musician whose work we should definitely talk about. Yeah. Uh, where she said that, like, listening to the record caused her to, like, you know, finally fully accept her transness and come out. And I think that that's amazing. And, you know, God, Laura Jane Grace is, like, such an icon. And, mm -hmm. gosh, I remember when she came out in I think it was like 2012 or like late 2011 I was in high school then and I, I she got a, she has to be like one of the first like openly trans like famous people that I knew about um and that I was like a fan of you know so absolutely we we should definitely talk about that record I'll save my thoughts on it but yeah um mm -hmm. it's fucking great it's save it for the pod you save it for the pod <laughs> yeah <laughs> We're going to have a whole separate folder uh, of a file of <laughs> don't even discuss it yet. Wait. I said that to you for the first time, like, this week. I was like, no, no, no. Save it for the pod. And you were like, you're already there, girl. Like, you, you got it. I'm telling you, you're a fucking natural streamer. <laughs> and now look. Uh, speaking about streaming, we just did our first co-op stream not too long ago as part of oh, your yeah. uh, Lethal Company stream. Yeah, that was super fun. And you made a video about it, too. It's it's up on your uh, your YouTube you should check out. Yeah, if you're listening to us on Spotify right now, the highlights video, it's uh, Siobhan and I getting into all sorts of hijinks and dying a bunch. Dying a lot. It's on the Riffcoms <laughs> YouTube. 
I was gonna say it went well. The stream went well. The game, not so much. Yeah, the game is very, very hard. Uh, it does not explain itself. Um, it's it's kind of intentionally like esoteric, and and you don't really know what's going on or why things are happening. Like you kind of have to learn by example. Uh, or, or by, you know, trial and error, uh, which is fun for like a horror game for sure. But yeah, it's it's very difficult. <laughs> it did not go well for us. The only way I knew anything about the game was watching other people play it. That was just like, oh, the thing comes down and delivers the packages. I know that. Uh, that swarm of yeah. bees over there, don't go over there. You're going to get stung. It was like <laughs> those kind of things. I'm like, okay, I've seen that. I know what that is, but yeah. everything else, no. Like, aha, I didn't know what the fuck thunder and lightning was. <laughs> it was just yeah. like, like, what's exploding? <laughs> Yeah, it, like, killed me one time ugh, because I, I was, like, carrying this giant screw or whatever, and it's attracted to metal, so... You got struck by lightning? I didn't even know that! <laughs> yeah, it's it's on it's on the VOD because I was, like, uh, I was, like, playing when it happened, but it was funny because, like, when you die, you're disconnected from the voice chat, so I can't tell everyone I'm yeah. dead. This is what killed me. I just oh. had to wait. <laughs> the only other thing... <laughs> Now, I don't know oh, <laughs> if if we want to have a fucking discourse corner of the pod or not. Oh, God. I would be okay for a discord corner. We could do that. Because... Or, be- I'm sorry, a discourse corner. Something that's... It's not as pleasant with the Twitter uh, trans experience. And I tweeted about this and got a pretty sizable reaction. But the vibe I got was that people agreed to varying extents but don't really like discussing it and that is the topic of sissies and cross-dress fetish pages and how their interactions with trans pages go and personally i'm just gonna lead with this sometimes i I kind of worry that the way I present myself on Twitter is kind of more of a, I don't even know how to put it, but like what you see when I post every day isn't what I look like every day. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like you and a whole bunch, like a majority of people, which is why I get so down on myself about it. will just like, Here's what I look like right now. Here's what I look like today. And y'all look beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, I don't do that. I set up a photo shoot on the weekend, take 100 plus pictures, and then I'll sprinkle them throughout. And that's my picture content on Twitter. And I get on myself about that because it it because to me it doesn't feel genuine like i feel like i'm putting this f- like o- like almost a character like that's how it feels to me when i see how other people can just so naturally uh go through life looking this way and presenting themselves this way so when i see sissy pages and cross dress pages uh, liking my stuff, following my page, retweeting my stuff. I I get that sense of like, 
that people on the outside probably don't see much of a difference. And that hurts me a lot and fills me with a lot of self-doubt of like, I know what I'm doing isn't the same, but I get those moments where I, where I kind of double think, you know, or, or a second guess myself. And that's not my fault. And I guess that's only part of it. But yeah, I guess that's where I'll start. There's a couple of like sissy pages and like cross-dresser pages that follow me and like will interact with my tweets. I tend to not interact with them. That's a costume or like a game for people where like, you know, my transness is like an innate part of me. I think ContraPoints at one point said something in one of her videos, which was like drag is a costume that you put on. But like, I want to be a woman at the grocery store. You know what I mean? Exactly. Or I am yeah. a woman at the grocery store, rather. Uh, first of all, with your situation uh, and kind of like how you do like your life and, and your Twitter, I don't think that that's you know, false in any way. And I also don't think that that's, you know, super different from what I do on Twitter. You know, I think like very often I will not post photos unless like that was the day that I shaved and put on all the makeup, you know, and like other days I don't look very good. I don't feel like I look very good and I don't post anything. Like I haven't posted a selfie uh, since the last time I felt like I looked nice, which was several days ago, which I don't think is like terribly different from what you do where you just do like large batches and kind of spread it out. So, I mean, just first of all, to assuade that sort of doubt in you. My experience with a lot of like those kinds of folks is that they often come out of the gate being like very like sexual or things like that. And look, I mean, like we're all kind of a little sexual online. That's fine. But it's like be because I know it's so fetishized for them, it feels very objectifying for me, you know, uh, which is why I tend not to interact with them if I if I can get away with it. What I think I've heard as far as the contrary, sometimes the cross dressing and sissy play or whatever can kind of be the foot in the door for potential people to realize that they are trans. So it's like that playful cosplaying is what eventually cracks their egg. I think that's why it's tricky for people or, or maybe yeah. people have had that experience themselves. Absolutely. I mean, I, I know um, a, a few trans women who that was a gateway to them when they were much younger um and you know unfortunately like i think like uh sex and sometimes you know pornography can be a gateway for a lot of people um which is unfortunate you know, it kind of shows you the state in some places of like um trans representation where we're represented uh as fetish objects uh, but not necessarily as people, you know? Um, but it is, yeah, like that, like, like you said, that, that playfulness, that ability, um, to put it on in kind of a safe place and then like take it off can be very helpful for people who are like exploring that. A lot of times there's an element of like degradation to it, like, you know, uh, cross dressing as a man or like being feminine or sexual. Uh, while dressed as a woman is somehow degrading to a man. Um, and I find that to be just pretty blatantly misogynistic. The whole exposing culture 
of it. Yeah. Of like, there is this inherent shame. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, you know, I mean, it's, it's a very complex issue and, you know, there's, there's also like a lot of people who like, um, cross-dress or like people who are like feminine men and things like that, who often draw a lot of like discourse to them. Uh, like for like one, one classic example of this would be like, uh, like Finster, right? Like there's a discourse about Finster all the time. And I don't want to say anything that's going to get me canceled on Twitter. Like, oh, first of all, I don't think I think it's totally fine for him to be like a feminine man or a femboy and like be online sure. and post online and stuff like that. But the fact that he like really plays into a lot of like trans misogynist tropes or like weird like trap stuff sometimes. Yeah, I've noticed that. That's where I'm like, OK, buddy, like. Don't do that. I think he's he's fine. I just wish he wouldn't do those sorts of things. You know, that's that's my my take on the discourse. I will admit that seeing Finster's content on TikTok uh, did help push me to uh, kind of explore more of a feminine look when I still identified as non-binary. So I do credit Finster for that. I had a sense of jealousy. And I and not exactly like, oh, I wish I could look like Finster, but the fact that I that I admired his fucking freedom, his sense of this is just how I present myself. And it was just like, holy shit, I want to be able to do that. I think my big thing, my, my biggest issue is who's the man in this picture out of like him and two other people. And I don't know if it actively harms the community, but I know it doesn't help. You know, like, I know this isn't beneficial. And that, I think, is kind of like when you have that large of a platform. And I mean, like, Finster has, like, how many followers on Twitter and TikTok? Like, he's one of the most followed people. Like, I acknowledge and appreciate his charitable efforts and collaborations he's done in trying to get money for uh, trans organizations and all that but i think the platform itself with the content could be better utilized i'll uh, i'll just leave it at that i guess you know being exposed to his content did actually push me towards transition in a pretty powerful way in, in a very similar way too um but yeah and i'm all for like people being a little irreverent too like i don't think we should all be like prudes or like you know people say woke scolds or whatever i totally get that um where you want to be able to have a little fun and stuff like that but there is yeah there is something to be said about the fact that yeah i just looked it up by the way he has almost a million followers he has nine hundred and forty-five thousand followers uh, on twitter he's he's very popular he's a huge platform also he makes a lot of money doing what he's doing. Rage baiting, all that kind of stuff, that, that all plays into it. And it's really hard to look at any of the things he's doing and not like see that or think about that, you know, that he's directly profiting from it. These are things that are adjacent to transness, that are similar to transness, that may help people transition, or help people accept themselves. And in a lot of ways, they also like weaken like cis patriarchy. There, that doesn't mean they're unalloyed goods. You know, there's there's some stuff in there that 
we should sort through that we should say like you know and per- perhaps criticize you know I definitely agree, and I don't necessarily think it's going to get us canceled in our <laughs> second episode, but... <laughs> I hope not. It's no surprise, and I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you're well than, you're, you're more than well aware that it's a very tumultuous time for us. Yeah. When you have someone with over a million followers who's making a lot of money off being adjacent to our community it's hard to not expect more or want more and that's not a jealous of Finster's success situation that's just how often I see people on TikTok and Twitter talk about not being able to afford their gender affirming surgeries or not being able to afford or have access to their HRT and losing access to shelter and then seeing someone who is adjacent to the whole thing being very well off and yeah being charitable at some points i can't help but feel a little some kind of way about that i don't think you can blame us for looking at someone making a lot of money and being skeptical you know and the fact that it is in my opinion making money off a perceived trans person when the average person on TikTok who doesn't know his situation might not know the whole story, might not know what his deal is. It's frustrating, yeah. And it's like, (sighs) there could be a trans person out there who's like really struggling to like maintain their HRT and like, like financially and maybe is dealing with like homelessness or like, you know, other things that like are very common in the trans like community. And, you know, a big one is like violence from, from people who consider us tricksy that like, we're trying to like trick them into being gay by being just ourselves and beautiful. And he's directly playing into that, you know, Ultimately, I I think Finster is mostly harmless. Just really annoying sometimes. I'll say that. (laughs) Harmless, but annoying. Yeah. I think that's fair. Outside of all that, I think we've covered just about all the mini uh, topics we had possibly uh, had lined up. We could transition to the album discussion yeah let's do it i'm bouncing up in my chair right now like <laughs> like a bunny i'm going like to a bunny. I'm, I'm gonna let you uh lead this discussion because i want to um because i never heard of this artist before you'd mentioned her uh, i've never heard of the album i i want to hear your thoughts i want to i want to hear your perspective and uh yeah then we could talk about this This week, we're going to talk about a record uh, by Happy Birthday, Mr. Baskets, uh, who is also a videomancer on Twitter. It's also uh, they, she pronouns. Uh, They describe their gender in their Twitter bio, which I love, as non-gender with left girl. And I love that. That's so based. And also, they're like kind of a crazy like polymath genius, like... I think what they mostly do with their life is, like, animation, you know? Um, like, in the style of, like, Bunnelith, if you know um, her from Twitter. Oh, mm-hmm. Very similar to that in a lot of ways. And, in fact, she's made, like, videos for, um, like, one of the songs in this record. 
in that style, just all animated, which is, I think, so cool. I'm going to have to check that out. I didn't know about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's on TikTok, too, so so uh, check them out. Um, but yeah, yeah. The artist is called Happy Birthday, Mr. Baskets, and the record is called Everything You Want. Uh, this came out in uh, late 2022. It's been on my repeat for months. Like, I just listened to this record back to front just constantly. Um, so, yeah. Uh, what did you think about this this record the first time you heard it? What was your takeaway? I loved the production. The the samples and the beats and all the interpolations and the flipping really held my attention. I loved all of that. Uh, I love the sound of the vocals on the record. The uh, the intro itself obviously was what got my attention first, and it is just full of uh, sonic voiceover sonic videos like like the the first thing you hear on the record is the i miss my wife tales i miss her a lot i'll be back like that fucking shit so immediately it set me up for a uh, well okay i'll say this it it tricked me to thinking that this album would be more fun than it ended up being. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. This this record sounds a lot more fun than it is just in general, but yeah, the especially the first one. And yeah, there's like sonic references and there's like all kinds of weird samples from different places. The intro also features um Jay-Z's part from um the introduction to one of Fall Out Boy's records. God, I'm a Fall Out Boy super fan and I'm dropping the ball. Uh, Infinity on high, what you critics said would never happen. You know, like that that whole section. It also includes that, which is like a cut in between like Sonic, you know? (laughs) Uh, Oh, yeah. Okay. It's it's very funny. Yeah. And, you know, I I think I would describe like um, I, I would describe like Happy Birthday, like this record, especially as having a sound that's like. It's like, it's very similar to 100 Gex, you know, it's it's very mm-hmm. hyper pop. And one of the things that I've heard people say about 100 Gex is that they remind, you know, all the old recovering emo kids of Hello Goodbye. But to me, like, I, I totally agree. Like, sonically, it does sound like Hello Goodbye, but I would say tonally, 100 Gex is a lot more similar to like 303 or like one of those acts that was like a lot more like tongue in cheek and ironic, you know? Yeah. Where Hello Goodbye is very sincere, you know, they're very mm-hmm. like uh, sad and thoughtful and like they sound chipper and happy, but that's sort of covering up a, a deeper sadness, you know? And mm-hmm. I think that this like Happy Birthday, Mr. Baskets is a lot more actually like Hello Goodbye than 100 Gex in that particular way. Uh, and and also, I, I just think in general, it's like a lot more sincere than a lot of hyperpop, which tends to, you know, lean a lot more into that like heavy irony positioning, you know? It reminded me more of Underscores than 100 Gex because Underscores, yeah. that last record we talked about, was it had the same like pitched up effect it had a lot of the same kind of production value you don't even know who i am for example of just like a or the last song um good luck final girl like taking that aesthetic and really 
making a heart-wrenching song out of that being way more sincere than you know hundred x have their moments but they kind of flirt with it like underscores is way yeah. more vulnerable and so is this the intro track has a, a lot of samples as we've said a lot of like sonic a lot of fallout boy and some other things too um but it also samples another happy birthday mr basket song that was released earlier in 2022 called rejection sensitive dysphoria we were going to talk about that too that's right yeah so really i just want to talk about uh this one song because it was like released on this little ep this little like mixtape that she made before it's probably not a mixtape i don't know what that is i'm a poser okay it's either an ep or a single because it's only the three tracks it's the uh what sorry i'm like this uh, yeah, Sorry That I'm Like This is what yeah. the EP is called. It has rejection-sensitive dysphoria. It has trauma response, which is another song that's on um, Everything You Want. And mm-hmm. then it has a, a third song on it called IDC WWA. And that song is a lot more similar to uh, the record, the Happy Birthday Mr. Bass's first record, which is a lot more like emo, pop, uh, guitar-driven sort of sound. I find that kind of interesting because it's like that that EP is sort of a gateway between, you know, the old record and the new record in that way. Uh, but specifically, the, the lines that are in the intro song is, I'm losing track of the days again, searching for something to say to them, something, but now I've been feeling so invisible lately. Do they know I'm still here? Do they hate me? The larger song is just about that feeling of rejection sensitivity where you're talking to someone and it's someone that you might want a romantic connection with, but uh, for whatever reason, they're not responding. And there's that, you know, that fear that, you know, feeling that you're being rejected or that someone is like creating distance between you and them but you're kind of powerless to do anything, you know, you, you can't, um, you can't squeeze it tighter. Cause that's just going to like hasten the end, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of what the whole record is about. Uh, so it's, it's a hell of an introduction. Yeah. I relate to this song way too much. <laughs> God, me, girl, me too. Like, uh, and you know, I mean, that, that's like a, a common part of, like the trans experience is also like a neurodivergent experience too. And like, I know like I have ADHD. I think we've talked about you some somewhat similarly sometimes. Oh yeah. And a big part of that is rejection sensitivity, you know? Mm-hmm. And ah, God, I relate to it so much. It's, it's brutal when, when that kind of thing happens. You get the rejection sensitivity from the ADHD on top of my numerous I'll say that um, autistic traits that make socializing very hard for me. It's tough making friends for me. In in person, it's practically impossible. But online, it's not. It's not a whole lot easier um, because I tend to really put a lot of myself into trying to seem worthy of someone's time. It's like, I want to put a lot of my effort into this because I want to make a friendship work. But then at the same time, I worry that I'm going to seem like obsessed 
or yeah. seem like I'm putting too much of myself and scare the person away. And yeah. that is scary as hell to me. So oftentimes it's just a lot easier for me to just not pursue friendships at all. The bridge of rejection sensitive dysphoria is 3M, still no response, feel ashamed to even want, wondering where have you gone? Like, uh, God, that's so relatable. I've been mm-hmm. like so countless times in my life staring at my phone, like, do I double text or I've already double texted and I'm like, oh no, like, this is it. There's still no response. And I'm just, it's, it's a, it's a feeling that is, is captured very well with this, with this song. And then, I mean, with that, we get right into it with the next track faster, um, which is a very simple, straightforward kind of love song where it's like, Oh, we're falling in love with each other. It sounds like that too. It's like really upbeat, you know, you're friends with someone, start to like them, and then you're like, oh, like, is this going to be a thing, you know? Let's see, one of the, one of the lines is, uh, you know, for friends, we tend to text each other goodnight quite a bit, and if I didn't know better, I might say that somebody is smitten. Just capturing that feeling of, like, sort of falling in love. And then the the chorus is, won't you stick around? You're, you sing along as my heart beats faster now. So for me, it's like it, it keeps this through line of like not desperation, but a, a kind of like yearning, you know, for, for that connection, for someone to stick around. Yeah. But it, it's like kind of triumphant. Like it's like, oh, someone might stick around, you know, I can't help. But <laughs> I, I did pay attention to this record, but you, <laughs> you pointed that out. So I was like, uh oh. Um, I do that good night stuff a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's understandable. Uh, as I pull the hood over my face, cause I'm, <laughs> I'm in the, I'm in the music room and uh-huh. it's fucking cold in this room. So I've got like socks on and a hoodie. Oh, so I just like yeah. pulled the hood in front of my face. I'm like, oh shit. Uh-oh. Yeah. That's such a vibe. When you when you asked me about my uh, my experience with the album and listening to it at work, one thing that I slowly uh, started to pick up on were these <sighs> these goddamn outros, right? The outros, the little sketches in between, <sighs> like yeah. So it's a big part of the record, uh, and the first one is right after this song. Yeah, uh, and like a, a feminine voice comes on and says, I think it's important to note it doesn't have to be you and it probably won't be, but I've been choosing to live in hopes that I might meet someone like you and wherever this goes or doesn't, I'm <sighs> glad that you're he- right here right now. I hope you stay a while. I've been adrift so long. It's kind of nice to stand on solid ground for once. <sighs> so, yeah, this this song introduces a central character uh in the record mm-hmm. which is like the the sort of object of desire the person who um is you know the love of the speaker the person the speaker wants to be or the singer in this case mm-hmm. um and yeah it it comes up a lot so we're gonna keep talking about it the second song is called entangled and it is a, a very simple love song again uh, but this one is more like it's open with the love. It's like they're they're together, they're doing it. Like I said, pretty straightforward lyrically. I think the one line I'd like to know, just because it like 
keeps with this like larger theme of the record is I still can't believe it that it's not a dream. You tell me how nice it is to feel seen. I couldn't agree more. The doubts that I had before have melted away like puddles on the floor. In the record, it talks a lot about like being seen, like seeing you and being seen, you know? I think that that's like an important part of the trans experience too, because like you fundamentally want someone uh, who sees the true you. I mean, depending on how far you are in transition, whether that's like fully who you are on the outside or not, it's, and it's very nice to feel like someone like truly sees you as a woman or truly sees you for who you are in the gender that you have and feel you know it's pretty special i'd I'd say the very next line is the one i was uh, gonna highlight the uh, learning how to see myself the way that you see me (sighs) yeah that hits that hits really hard it hits and it's very straightforward but it's also like straightforward in this very earnest and emotional way that can still be kind of moving you know because there's plenty of times i'll go to my girlfriend and tell her that you know i've been dealing with like dysphoria or even times i've came to you and told you that i've been feeling really bad about myself and just like someone just kind of like like metaphorically through fucking discord grabbed me by the fucking shoulders and and was like your brain is lying to you yeah and like just being reminded of that really helps a lot because that's like that's what it is like it took forever for me to really realize this i mean every day my girlfriend will you know compliment me and say the, the most sweetest things and that's still like by the end of the day or every other day sometimes every day yeah. there'll be moments where like that you know that sneaking feeling still shows up you know yeah 100% obviously i don't think that uh romantic connection should be something that like fundamentally fixes you you know i think that that can be kind of a weird idea but it is so helpful and so affirming to have a partner who helps you in those dark moments, you know, and, and, and Mm -hmm. sees you and, you know, wants you to see yourself the way they see you. And I think this, this song does a good job of encapsulating that as much as it can in its runtime. Now it starts to get sad. (laughs) So we had two happy songs that are about falling in love. That was fast. And I hope you enjoyed it because it's it's over. <laughs> Let's see. Was there was there an outro for the last song? I I didn't catch yeah. it. Yeah, there is. Okay. Do you want to read it? I feel very different when I look at you. Like it's easy. Like seeing you and being seen feels more real than anything. I'm madly in love with you, and you make me so happy. I hope you're ready to be pursued. Yeah. And okay, I did have something to say about that. That one got me because, uh. You know, especially, like, when you're, like, trans-feminine, you grow up, uh, depending on when you transition, but for me, like, I grew up basically as a man in, like, every way, and, like, the expectation for men is that you are the pursuer, like, you are the one who goes out and, like, gets the girl, so to speak. Now that I am living my life as a woman, like, the idea of people coming and getting me or like pursuing me 
is very uh, important to me. And, and, and it's also a very new thing, you know, which I, I think, you know, I think plays into what this relationship was for the speaker or for the singer. I, you can tell I have a poetry background because I'm always just like the speaker, you know, <laughs> but the singer was in love with this person, probably another woman. And that pursuit was so, you know, important and maybe affirming to them, you know, um, I get the sense it was also probably early in transition because there's a lot of like seeing you and being seen and like th that idea of like, you know, it's not on the surface as much as it, I want it to be yet. But the fact that like you can see it is so amazing, you know. All right. <laughs> Sad shit. Let's get into it. So the good times are already over? Oh, good my God. Good times are over. <laughs> Damn. So the yeah. The next song is called uh, Half Answer. Uh, it starts with a clip. I don't know what it's from, but it's so funny. You sent me to the gay place. You're gay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But but again, I, I think that that's, that's part of part of like the thing is like, you know, you you're experiencing a gay romance for the first time and you're like, wow, this is great. But also... It's not perfect. Yeah. You know, like all relationships, they're, they're, they have the struggles, you know, and like sapphic love has its own struggles. And I think this is one of them. So half an answer is about like not having a defined relationship, not having consistent time with the person that you want to be with and also feeling distance from them. So it's like kind of the same ideas that we've been talking about with the record, but it's like coming to like coming together. Right. The first verse is take your time. I'll be here feeling fine in quotation marks. It will define. Let me know. Draw the line. Right. So it's like it's not, you know, it, it, is this a relationship? It, are we just fucking like what's going on? You know? There's also stuff in here about like, you say you need more space. Well, honey, you can get it, but this will be the last time. I don't have much more to go before I'm falling off the planet. Oh, yeah. You know, sometimes like new relationships can uh, be a little too strong for people. I, I would also say sometimes like people can can be quite distant. I mean, in, in long, longer term relationships too. And that can be a really hard thing, especially when it's not defined and you don't have the security of a larger relationship, you know, like what could it mean? Yeah. The, the one that got me is the bridge, write it down, think a bit, scratch it out, think about, say hello, am I allowed? You might've seen this. I'll send messages and then delete them or unsend them, just be like, no, that's fucked. That's weird. Yeah. I don't want to But, like, I do that shit with everybody. Like, no, that's too much, or that's too weird, you know? Like, being very nervous about saying the wrong thing that I get in my head a lot about that. The singer in, in this song is absolutely, like, grappling with that in a big way. I think one thing about, like, sapphic relationships that's really... Um, different is that it can be very intense very quickly it can also be very like uncertain and you don't really know where you stand because like women have a tendency to be very nice and very sweet all the time and you know you might read more into that than actually is there or intended uh and that can also be you know a source of much distress i've definitely run into that <laughs> 
Yeah, we have another sketch, another outro in between this song and the next called Separate, which is basically an audio recording of this person, the same voice, breaking up with the singer, right? There's mention of a lovely homemade gift that the the singer made for this person uh, that she still plans to display and cherish. And, oh, you've done everything entirely right. And that's why I think you deserve the entire world. Uh... I think we could still work together and have amazing things happen. I still want to be so involved in your life. That's how it closes. And again, it's like what I was what I was saying earlier, where it's like women can be very nice. Women can say things and not want to hurt your feelings. And maybe that's not entirely intended or that's not entirely true, you know? Yeah, that all sounds very familiar. Yeah. You and me both, girl. You and me both. Yeah. So then we get into trauma response. Yeah. It's just basically encapsulating that feeling of rejection. This line got me, um, leave it to you to break the pattern, make me feel like my feelings matter. It's going to hurt, but not as much as the feeling that time is running out. Mm. Oh, yeah. At this point, we get into like this song and the next one, Asymmetry, are just sort of about that part of relationship where things are kind of falling apart. I don't have much to say about these two songs in particular, more than I've already said about especially like trauma response, which relates a lot to the themes of this record. But like, oh God. So in my opinion, the second half of the record is really, really good. Like every song is a masterpiece Mm -hmm. in my opinion. After Asymmetry, we get another little sound clip, which basically says, I want to be honest about a point that I'm seeing someone and I'm finding it difficult to describe my current friendship with you. And I don't think it'll work to maintain even coworker status, which is like the ultimate, like final rejection of like, now I don't even want to be your friend essentially, or, or even like a coworker to you, which is just someone who's around in your life. It's taking so much in my power to just not tell you all about like the, like the worst breakup I've ever had. But I don't, girl. I don't even know if that's even worth it. Uh, well, let me let me tell you um, that a lot of this is also about the worst breakup I've ever had um, yeah. for me. Where you know it was a very similar thing of like somebody just consistently distancing themselves from me until finally cutting me off, which they did as like a nicety. You know, which has made it even worse, to be honest. But um, I feel you. And that's one reason why this record uh, very consistently makes me cry when I listen to it. I don't miss the person at all. And, like, I'm so incredibly happy and I can't ask for anything more than what I have with Nebula. And, you know, life is amazing and I wouldn't change it for anything. Like, I'm glad all of that ended up happening or else I wouldn't be where I am now. But it still doesn't change the fact that, like, that fucking pain still is still kind of there. Long story short here, um, I moved out of my parents' house when I was in my early 20s to move in 
with uh, a girl I was seeing at the time. And uh-huh. this was, you know, leaving all the comforts of home. I, you know, lived with my parents that whole time. But uh, she was having problems with her fa- her family. So it was, well, I'm moving into this apartment. It was like, okay, I can't let you live there by yourself. I'm going to move in with you. I'm going to help, you know, be supportive. And it, that was the last year of the relationship. I think we saw each other for like maybe three years total. Um, wow. And this was the like the beginning of the last year was when we moved in together. And it was like, okay, well, we'll live together, but I'm still going to like work in a different city. I'm still going to like have friends in a different city. So I'm really not going to be here much. So I was like, okay, like, you know, you'll come back, you know, for like, you know, after work and stuff like that, but I'll probably be in bed already, so I'm probably not really going to have too much interaction with you, you know? Um, and then eventually it was like, oh, you know, I, uh, I've met this person and, you know, we're kind of starting to hit it off. And it was like a, like at the moment it was like, okay, that's fine maybe we could do like an open relationship kind of thing yeah but it in my mind i knew like this is only going to be one way (laughs) like this is going to be one way open yeah the worst kind of polyamory (laughs) (laughs) and uh oh trust me i tried that twice um yeah it's not for me um yeah and uh eventually it came down to she hadn't been at the apartment for a while and she had asked me if um, there was an artist that we both really liked a lot and she was going to have this concert and we were going to go, but she was also going to bring the new person she's been seeing. Oh, oh no. <laughs> so, so, so the three of us went and there were a lot of songs about breakups in it and all that. Yeah. And I went from there of just like, okay, cool. That was fun. Uh, then maybe a couple weeks later, just got the I'm not coming back text. Oh, no. Uh, so oh, no. it was just like, okay, so... I guess I'm just here <sighs> by myself. Wow. And that was that. <laughs> oh my God, girl. I'm so sorry that happened to you. And yeah, it's like the, it's like the breakup that doesn't end in a bang, but ends in a really long soul crushing fizzle is the worst kind of thing. Yeah. You know? And I think that, this record does a really good job of like encapsulating that and yeah i mean especially like the the last few songs in this record i i think do a really good job of like the feeling that you might have now as a result of that like what what you take away from that sort of and we start with a banger called silence okay this song this song is great because <laughs> it takes that feeling that that you're describing where you have this like this sadness and this like loneliness and this rejection 
Uh, and then it it try, it kind of tries to make it like, well, I'm gonna be famous and huge, so uh, that'll make it better, I guess. You know? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It starts with, would you keep a little piece somewhere you can see a reminder of what existed? It seems to be referencing the homemade gift that the woman was talking about earlier in the record, right? Where the song says, you said you'd proudly display it, like the gift. Mm. That's really all that I needed. But as I'm blocked and deleted, it's getting hard to believe it. Oh, fuck. Um, yeah. I know you need a space where I... you. Don't worry what I might see. Still feels like you're trying to erase me. Yeah. Which is true. You know, that it basically is what's happening. And yeah, and then of course the chorus is like, go on, keep pretending that you don't know me, but I bet you'll see me scrolling on your FYP. Oh my God. If you don't ever want to hear a thing about me, don't check the charts. Keep that block button handy. It's like, damn, girl, spit. You know? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I believe it or if you believe it yourself, but it's helping you right now, so that's yeah. good enough. <laughs> yeah, and this is also the song that uh, the artist made, like, a full, like, animated video for, and it's really oh, good. Shit. You, should, you should check it out. Yeah, yeah it's, I totally it's, will. It's really good. And then uh, the, last, the last line I want to talk to you about... Uh, talk to you about from this song is uh if i can make a career out of a bad situation then i've got you to thank for the motivation it's like yeah hell yeah i did forget about uh of course there's uh an eponymous album title drop in this song oh yeah which is it's simple you get everything you want and i get silence um ah Again, dark, right? Because it's like the the way those breakups go is it's like for the benefit of the other person. And obviously, like nobody should stay in a relationship they don't want to be in and things like that. I don't think any of the people we've talked about are bad people inherently, but it does suck when like you're really into something and someone and then they're just like, this isn't for me. Um, what I want is silence. Again, I relate to that so much with that past experience when we kind of had the discussion that like she was telling me like hey you know i'm pretty sure i'm gay and i was just like okay i get that but for whatever reason she still was like okay with being with me for the period of time and i've noticed that a few times of girls who were queer but were just like either sensed something (laughs) or picked up on something that was slightly different you know yeah oh my god this is the boyfriend with the asterisk you know yeah yeah the boys in quotation marks you know yeah Um, uh yeah yeah like I, I relate to that girl. I mean, like, everyone I ever dated was bisexual or pansexual. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And I didn't really think about it. I thought it was cool. I was like, oh, well, you know, um, I guess I'm popular with queer girls. But <laughs> I am I was popular with queer girls for a reason. <laughs> yeah. Didn't think about it at the time. That's that's true. But, I mean, I, you know, I will say that it 
that that's still a shitty situation, you know, to like love someone and for them to break up with you for that is is rough, you know. Um, so I'm sorry that that happened, Moth. I I, I appreciate it, girl. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Next song is Empty Space. This one is like, you know, it's really just about like trying to come out of that breakup. I really love the chorus, uh, which is if anybody'd be so lucky to have me, then have me. I just want to be yours so badly. I just want to determine exactly why not. Like, oh, I, mm. I've been there so many times where it's, you know, you're, you're really into someone and you just, you just want it to work out with like all of your heart. It's like, you know, very intense yearning, right? Or pining, you know, you're rejected. You have to like deal with that feeling of like, this person fundamentally doesn't want me. And I, it, you can't really ask why it's like, well, you know, I just wanted to determine exactly why not, why not? You know, what is it about me that is not like working for you? Is this something I, change I can fix? Myself? Yeah, exactly. Oh, and another line too, which I think is important for the themes of this podcast. It's the ache. I cannot get used to teach me how to move on like you do. And if we haven't gone too far, Teach me how to be beautiful like you are. Mm. Yeah. And I, I think that that's really where it's like, I get this feeling that it's like something about this relationship sounds like it's early transition where it's like, you don't just like this person. You're not just attracted to this person because you think they're attractive. Yeah. You, they embody something that you wish that you could embody too. <sighs> um, yep. It's rough. Something that I've, like, experienced with, you know, my, my relationship with my girlfriend who we've been dating for a while, she's trans, that, like, I felt that way about her for a long time, where, like, I, I she's beautiful. I was attracted to her for that reason, but also because I desired what she had. I wanted to be mm-hmm. like her. And I, I got to say hats off to her for still dating me because that is kind of a weird thing for me to drop on her after we've been dating for a while. Like, oh, <laughs> well, I'm I'm trans and also I have this feeling, which is kind of can be kind of cringe. <laughs> but uh, we're cool. She's cool. I'm really glad that wasn't a problem. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely could have been. Speaking of discourse, I, there's been discourse about that, too, where it's like, oh, sure. You know a man reaches out to you like, oh, will you like do my makeup for me and stuff? And it's like, I'm not going to do the work for you, kid. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I guess it can work in certain circumstances, obviously. Yeah. Um, the one part I was going to point out, because, I mean, it fucking got me when I first uh-huh. heard it or saw it earlier in the song when it goes, um, uh, tell me what to do. What's it going to take? What do I have to become? So the next one stays. And then yeah, just that pitched up David Tennant from his regeneration that I don't want to go. Like, ah, yeah. no, yeah, it's real. I don't want to go. Yeah. The, first of all, excellent sample because oh, that so good. scene also encapsulates that feeling of like, 
you know, I didn't want David Tennant to leave as Doctor Who either. I loved the show with no. him in it. You could tell yes. the actor loved it too. But, you know, it it had to move on for reasons that were outside of a lot of people's control, you know? Oh, that's such a damn good point. It's a, yeah. And, ugh, ugh it, 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 it really kills me. I agree. Mm. But yeah, what do I have to become so the next one stays? Like, I fuck, know. That kills me. That brings us to the next song, which is my favorite song on the record. Uh, bored. Mm. One of the things I like about this, first of all, is every song up to this point, including all the interludes, have all been like woven together into like one kind of like unending song. Yeah. Uh, and this one starts with total silence mm. and the sound of someone putting a record on, like a new record. Oh, you know? yeah. Mm-hmm. So it you know, represents like a, a, a break in time, mm. a new chapter, right? Uh, and it starts out by just talking about like, you know, like you're talking to someone new and uh, things seem to be going well, you know? And it kind of echoes before, like where it says, there's one thing you need to know that no matter where this goes, if it's short or if it lasts, there's just one thing that I ask. Kind of referencing before where it said like wherever this goes or doesn't you know right the same kind of thing like you know the the singer has learned a, a little bit about like how you know sometimes these things seem so powerful but they can they cannot necessarily mm. be but yeah the chorus is uh when you get bored of me give me a heads up that you want to go because i won't know till you're gone <sighs> and then it, it just goes on with that basically just like Tell me that, that your feelings are changing. It's it's a song, you know, we, we've heard songs like this before, but just in the context of this record, like, it gets me every fucking time, especially the second half where talking about, you know, that 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 feeling of, like, please tell me when you're done with me. Uh, and then it says, if you tell me that you'll be around and want me in your life and tell me I'm important but can't manage to reply then drop right off the planet without even a goodbye and tell me I won't lose a friend, but let someone else decide. Ugh. Yeah. And like, okay, I, I gotta say, so the worst breakup I ever experienced uh, was, it happened to me quite recently, uh, around this time last year, I was dating this guy for like five years. Oh my God. And yeah and and you know we lived together for a while uh with charlie and um like probably the person that i i in my life have loved almost as much as charlie in in, in some ways you know mm-hmm. charlie is my husband um and we had to move out um we couldn't keep living together just because you know like personality clashes and stuff uh but when when we moved out, I felt, you know, that he started to have more distance from me, more like, you know, wouldn't respond. You know, he would he would do this exact thing. He would tell me I was important, but that he couldn't manage to reply, mm-hmm. you know? Um and then yeah, dropped right off the planet. And it was really hard for me. And in fact, I'm trying not to cry right now. No. <laughs> Uh, and this song pretty much every time makes me cry. Yeah. Um, and also just like, I gotta say too, the whole uh, framing of this song is so 
like powerful to me because I've also been like talking with someone new recently um, mm. for the first time since breaking up with this guy. And in fact, <laughs> she actually introduced me to this record. She oh, showed wow. me this record. So this this song always gets me because it's like, you know, I I relate to this the first part of the song where it's like, oh, new new stuff, you know. But then the second half also gets me for the same reasons where it's like, oh, I do unfortunately have some damage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um I'm really trying to be better about it, but just so you know, like I do have some damage. It's kind of an embarrassing conversation to have, but um this is like the first song that made me cry in public. Oh <laughs> gosh. Yeah, cuz I was I was listening to it like on my walk and like I like to walk to the grocery store sometimes uh-huh. and I was like going to the grocery store to get some like yogurt and eggs and stuff, put in my bag to walk back. And I was just like looking at the eggs. And then that line played about like, you know, you tell me that you want me around and that I'm so important but you can't manage to reply and I just fucking full weep and like oh. also uh, super boy mode too dysphoria hoodie and everything oh, I was girl. like decked out girl just weeping <laughs> and like oh, people were looking at me no. and I'm like I gotta go <laughs> oh, yeah it, it gets me it gets me for real um, so yeah this, this one's really beautiful yeah um, and also another, another thing that I like about it too is uh, a lot of this record features uh, the classic like hyper pop like modulated voice yeah uh, mm-hmm. but this song starts with um, the singer's like not unaltered but like mostly unaltered voice yeah that's right which I thought was like a powerful like uh, symbol of like vulnerability yeah you know mm-hmm of like this is like what it is without all the extra layers and like you know what you put out to people this is like a real expression of yeah. like um not that like you know um a deep voice for a trans feminine person is like more real so to speak but it, i just mean that it's like it feels more vulnerable if that makes sense you know mm-hmm. it's like talking about voice training like i I try to voice train mostly for cis people because I, I feel very, like, comfortable around other trans people. Right. To just, like, say whatever um, and, and talk how I how I want to or how I feel like is natural to me. Th- that's really more of what I mean, like, for me, is that it's, like, it feels less like the face that you put on and more, like, earnestly who you are. Yeah. So finally the album closes with Aligned, which I think is... Un- Probably my second favorite song on the record. This one, the production is so good. Mm-hmm. Like it really, like literally soars in 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 moments. You know, yeah. it's basically like a review of like everything that happened in the relationship. Mm. Looking back from it from a comfortable distance, being able to like really understand what happened and appreciate it for what it was. And yeah, I, I think that that's quite beautiful. So um, so there's like a lot of like really beautiful symbolism going on in this song. Uh, a lot of cosmic symbolism too, which is something that um, mm, yeah. is, is pretty meaningful for me. I love space. Speaking on that, there's, there's this line, uh, two objects hurling through the cosmos, th- slowly converging, passing so close, nearly parallel, but not enough time to brace for the farewell. Ooh, you know? Yeah. But for a moment caught in the orbit, 
side by side, it's gonna happen or it's not. The chorus is, uh, you know my opinion on fate. I guess we didn't have it in us to make a change. Didn't quite land where we aimed, but it's always gonna kill me how close we came. Yeah. Oh. You know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing with like relationships like this that stick with you the most is that it was like almost so good, mm-hmm. but it wasn't, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It was uh. really, it was a beautiful moment or a beautiful series of moments, but not a lasting thing. Mm. Most beautiful line in the record, in my opinion, never seen a light like yours before, never enough, I'll always want more, passing, swirling, phasing through each other, in the brief moments we mixed, we made a beautiful color. Oh, yeah. And that's, God, that's that's so beautiful to me because like, that that is sometimes what rom- romantic relationships feel like, where it's like you are like, mixing and melding with a person in really interesting and beautiful ways. Yeah. And it does feel like a new color of like, mm-hmm. you know, your two inner lights mixing together. I just feel like I'm reading this whole song, but it's so good. I just, I don't want to not talk about every line. <laughs> um, uh, such a striking chord, overtones never heard before, might never be heard again, but I'll always remember when. Yeah. Yeah, all the stars and planets conspired to bring us together and set us on fire, shining, blazing, soaring through the clouds till all the oxygen ran out and a fall took place. I'll admit we got a little too close to space, but while we were flying high, it always felt like, and then like the, like all the production opens up and it's Mm. like so soaring and beautiful. It's like this really incredible movement that feels like cosmic and like really powerful. And, you know, I like last night in preparation for recording this, uh, I just sat for a while cuddled with Charlie and we listened to this record Mm. like end over end and we were talking about it and uh, I said to them that like this song is kind of like if Owl City's Fireflies was actually about like queer like uh, yearning and pining yeah totally (laughs) Fireflies but good basically Uh, (laughs) that's um, yep I see it and then also Sonic comes back too. Um, I know. Sonic and Tails are featured in it. The gang's all here. And God, it's it's so beautiful. I would so recommend listening to it. Uh, yeah. There is a Ugh. reprise that mm-hmm. ends it, but it's sort of just like, a, uh, it takes all the high moments of the record and puts it together. I'm not always a big fan of reprises, but I thought that this one was pretty nice. Yeah, it really is such a great record. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And let me tell you, there's really no downside to listen to it again because I've done that over and over again. (laughs) I think I probably listened to this record like three times today. I didn't even listen to music that much today, but just like it's it's easy to put on. It's it's like really, really good hyper pop. It fucking gets me, girl, you know? Yeah, I can't thank you enough for bringing it to my attention because I honestly, I don't know when I would have heard of this record. Definitely uh, underappreciated uh, Happy Birthday, Mr. Baskets. And yeah, you don't really see that name come up very often. Like I've listened to a few playlists and 
a couple times a song from this record will maybe pop up, but, you know, not a lot, really. So I'm grateful that um that you brought it to my attention so i could hear it because it, yeah it is so good i've listened to it so many times now hell yeah yeah well i'm 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 happy and also shout out to uh the girl that i'm seeing who uh you know introduced it to me um what's up baby how you doing <laughs> you know oh shit <laughs> <laughs> um i'm very grateful that once i got out of that really bad relationship and it ended horribly, but ultimately for the best, because it wasn't going anywhere good anyway. When uh, Nebula and I got together, we had this moment where we had stayed up like all night just talking about stuff. This was like really early in our uh, in our relationship, and I told them about everything from the uh, from that previous relationship, and just cried so much. And they were just so nice and so willing to just hear me out and let me get all the emotion out. Because I just hear so many stories about like, oh, I was on this date and this person was crying about their ex and it's such a red flag. But they were so just like, yeah, like that sucks. Like, you know, like that was a really bad experience and it's totally natural to be feeling really bad about it you know and they've only been so much nicer since then like talking about the making a beautiful color together like both of us are not even remotely the same people we were (laughs) when when we first got together almost this is going to be the 13th year together wow that's amazing (laughs) that's so good yeah, we got together yeah. uh, September 11th, 2011. Hell yeah. 9-11-11. Right? What an anniversary. That's great. Oh, never forget. Um, never forget. <laughs> yeah. I had to. Yeah. Um, and that also resonates with me very deeply, too, because, um, you know, Charlie and I were very similar, like... Um, uh we this will be our 10th year together um nice and hell yeah. yeah also like totally different when we first got together you know and we've we've loved every version of each other since yeah um, and that's really powerful i mean talk about uh seeing each other and being seen like such a beautiful story such a beautiful record and yeah. i'm so glad that we have this show that we can have these discussions and like you had mentioned, be so open and vulnerable about our emotions with this stuff, because, yeah, you know, like, I don't know if it helps anyone listening, but it helps us, so... Yeah. That's so, all that uh, matters. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, thanks for tuning in to our group therapy session. Uh, we'll see you <laughs> back here in two weeks for the next one. <laughs> That's how it goes. And if there are uh, records or movies or anything that deals with trans femme experience or anything in that realm, uh, feel free to let us know in the comments so we can uh, look into it and maybe talk about it on a uh, on a future episode. 
Hell yeah. Uh, follow us on Twitter, too. Um, I, mm-hmm. Siobhan, am at uh, Ethernet Hottie, all one word, all lowercase. Hell yeah, and I'm uh, your girl Moth, Y-E-R, girl Moth. The cool way. The cool way, that's true. (laughs) I got both of our link trees in the description, so people can just follow us everywhere if they want. Hell yeah, hell yeah. They want to give us money. Exactly, (laughs) that's what I'm talking about. I'm cute, pay me. (laughs) Oh my god. All right, on that, I I gotta go. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Hell yeah.